coming up on the Middle Class BO Podcast. You know, so anytime every single person you run your brand past um, says, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's a four-letter word in brand, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you don't want to be a beige wall, you know. Nobody hates a beige wall, but nobody's going to be like, oh, I must have that. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporal rest and tell us what to say. Explain the video, image and radio. Slang a local car is reading. I'll be always nowhere. Ain't no stars. No, we're the middle class VO podcast. The middle class VO Welcome to the Middle Class VO Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, she's the founder and owner of Celia Siegel Management and author of VoiceOver Achiever. It's Celia Siegel. How are you? Hi, I am great. How are you guys? Doing great. We're all over the country now, so we're, you're in Minnesota, right, Celia? Yes, I'm, I'm enjoying a green spring in Minneapolis. <laughs> Very nice. And Bobby's in Cincinnati, and I'm here in the Nashville area. And uh, today on the podcast, we're going to talk about branding and voiceover and the importance of it. Now, Celia, before you were in talent management, you were a top-level agent. How did you get involved in voiceover to begin with? You know, it's such a good question. I, um, you know, I got a job right out of college um, working at a talent agency as a receptionist. And at that time, I had designs on becoming a film director, you know, working on the film side of things. And I knew that I wanted some good experience before I moved to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took a job in the Midwest at a talent agency to just meet people. And on my first day at that job, I looked over at, it was the voiceover agents specifically. um, And I was like, just locked in. I was so fascinated. And I just kind of fast-tracked myself into voiceover agenting, you know, decades ago now. And I have never looked back. What made you leave as an agent to uh, to make that eventual change over to management? Yeah. So I was an agent for 14 years. Um, I worked at the Wayman Agency in Minneapolis. Um, and Susan Wayman, the owner, just really was such a great mentor and 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 taught me so well how to manage um, and and agent talent. And then I was at CESD in Los Angeles. And then I snuck away to San Francisco um, to you know get married, have some babies. <laughs> I was like, I don't really want to raise my kiddos in LA, and. Um, I wasn't going to agent anymore, but the agents up there got wind that I was moving up there and I was well known at this point. So I interviewed with all the agents there and ended up working at uh, JE Talent uh, for a stint, you know, so for a total of 14 years. And I just loved it so much. Um, It was when I had kids. I was like, you know, being an agent and doing it well it's it's pretty 24-7 and um, a lot of, uh, you know, seeing theater at night, you know, whining and dining clients. Mm. Um, and so I just got this wild idea to just do all of my favorite things. And I always had an entrepreneurial drive and I just hung a shingle um, when my uh, second baby was born. I was like, okay, here we go. 
and uh, Celia Siegel Management was born. And I, I meant to just be a classic, you know, voiceover talent management company um, and basically working on a micro level with actors on fulfilling their dreams, you know, pushing their goals forward. And it became quickly apparent that I was just advising everybody to brand first. Um, and that's how my management company really grew into my reputation as being, you know, a branding person first. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started in things. And then as the years have gone by, um, you know, we've grown all, all kinds of skills and, and now we're really full service, you know, branding and marketing agency. Um, sometimes we like to call ourselves an advertising agency for voice actors. And then I've got my, um, you know, of course, everybody I work with, I know what they want, you know, so we get really excited about helping them get what they want. And then, you know, voila, that is how my, my talent management roster was born. Um, the VO Chateau um, is, uh, is, is mostly the people that I've started out branding and they want to stick around and have us keep helping them grow their careers. So you keep mentioning branding and everybody that's in the industry kind of knows that that is one of your areas of expertise in helping brand voiceover talents. First of all, you know, describe to us and every, all of our listeners, what is branding and voiceover and how important is it? A penny for your thoughts. So basically your brand is already within you, you know, so it's your reputation. It's what people think about you. You know, it's what people see when you market to them. Um, you know, Bezos says it's what people say about you when you leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, because we're in the fortunate situation where you guys are actually your product, um, your brand is even more important. So it's your personal brand as an entrepreneur, and it's the brand of the product you're putting out there. Um, so because it's already out there, I firmly believe that, you know, why not take control of what that message is, um, as the primary way to leverage your success. Um, so that is my, uh, philosophy on things. Um, I, I noticed it right away when I, when I first started, uh, agenting people, that people who were, you know, quote, well-branded either on purpose or not, did better by a pretty nice margin. Um, so I call it a, a superpower uh, to start out with. And I always tell people to brand before you build. You know, if you can start thinking about, you know, right away, how are you going to leverage this story about yourself to have better relationships, have people remember you, have your marketing not be cringy and work for you and actually capture new relationships that are going to pay you money over time. Um, so yeah, that's my, my two cents on branding. And then I have a methodology that my team and I use is to extract that story from you. Um, I see the world very much through a branding prism. As I'm moving around, I notice brands, I notice stories, I notice what makes things and people and places more awesome, and I get really focused on that. But I know 
most of you are probably focused on other things. <laughs> um, so I came up with a methodology to just kind of pull out the words, the sentiments um, where I can really see you. Um, and then my writing team and I create a brand that when we're finished, it should really feel like we're holding a mirror up to you. So it's not stuff I'm making up about you. It's me reflecting you back to you in the most uh, interesting way to those people that we want to hook in. Yeah, I was kind of, I was surprised after um, Celia and her team came back with my my branding. It's like, oh, I never thought about that. Like, I'm, I come from a very large family, and I, I can't remember exactly what you had said, but it's like, oh, I never really looked at it that way. And and you have the ability to, to pull those out just from talking to us, and I think that's pretty incredible. Oh, no, thanks. I um, A friend of mine from uh, Los Angeles was here over the weekend, and I met him in the very early 90s. He was doing a one-man show. I was his agent. I went and saw him. Um, you know, gave him some advice, um, helped sort of t- tweak his career. And it was so great. He said to me yesterday, he was like, yeah, I don't know what it is. But even when you were 22 years old, like you could always see us. And that really set the trajectory of all of the things that have helped me be successful in my you know, long career. And, um, you know, not to like toot my own horn, like repeating a nice thing somebody said about me, but um, that's why it stays so interesting for me is because you guys are all, you know, infinitely interesting people, you know, and um, I just love noticing, you know, why you're different, you know, than all the other yogurt moms out there, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) All the Clorox moms, you know. Full disclosure, Bobby is a client of Celia's. Yeah, that's true. One of my favorite brands that you did was um, Pants on Fire. What's her name, Lisa? Yeah, Lisa Graham, Graham. Pants on Fire VO. That is awesome. It's, It's her with hot, like hot pants on, right? And um, is it? It's just from the the uh, back view, isn't it? Her her actual picture. You know, that's a really good question. Inquiring minds want to know <laughs> if that's her real picture. But um, my team, when we did that brand, and you know, we do a lot of different pathways. You know, like it could be we could hang on to this pathway and create something around this, or we could go this angle. And that was just one of the angles, and she picked it. And she considers it incredibly freeing as an artist that, you know, it it gave her energy to be more herself. And my team was like, uh, Celia, um, the butt, it's so big. (laughs) Oh, my God. Of my screen, I was like, I know, you know, it's not for everyone. You know, so if you just think about enterprise level brands out there and what works and and what you personally, you know, you guys and your audience, like, what do you pay attention to? And it's not the boring thing that isn't going to make anybody scratch their head. You know, like you have to be bold enough and genuine enough to really highlight, you know, pieces of you maybe that everybody in the world isn't going to say, oh my gosh, that is so great. Because guess what? That's just like the mushy middle of a brand. And it's the highlights that get 
noticed and hired. You know, so anytime every single person you run your brand past um, says, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's a four letter word in brand, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, y- you don't want to be a beige wall. You know, nobody hates a beige wall, but nobody's going to be like, oh, I must have that paint color. Um, so, yes, that that was a fun one. And, and um, yeah, my team finally got on board and, and we've had a lot of fun with that one. How do you find the branding, Celia, you know, sets with those that uh, hire us? Um, you feel it's having a, a major impact? Do, do some brands have a bigger impact than others? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, you know, two pieces to the brand. You know, one is how it makes you feel. So it gives you that extra confidence. You know, we're all always working on confidence and you guys, you can hear it in your reads if you're not confident. So I think a real secret superpower of the brand is you feeling more like proud to spread the word, you know, so that's one half of it. And then equally important is that sweet spot. Um, I draw a Venn diagram where it's like, you know, what you love, what they're noticing and love, you know, and how that intersects. Like your brand should make you feel awesome and capture attention, build credibility, um, be a backup to the way you sound, to build trust. So yes, looking expensive, successful, we are advertising to advertising agencies and hip people. Um, Trends change constantly, you know, so if you haven't touched your visual brand in 15 years, things looked different. It's going to make that vibe of you feel dated before they even push play. Um, so I, I definitely have people notice talents, brands and book them or, or you don't book the gig. You still have to win the gig. Right. But it makes that pool that you're competing against smaller if you win them over with your brand. Um, I find also um, the way people are shopping for you guys um, is really different than it was, you know, back when everything ran through your talent agent, you know, is your agent going to care? Yeah, they might like your brand. They might, you know, respect you ever so slightly more or have a connection to it, but everything ran through them and nobody was looking at you guys as individual websites. And now so many people are finding you with your SEO enhanced, you know, keywords. And if they're looking for a certain type, you know, if they want somebody from Nashville, you know, who is from there so that they can localize the spot, they can find you from your website. So why not start competing there against the other guys they find? Hmm. So everybody, you know, we're on these voiceover forums on social media and they're saying, I need an agent. I need an agent. How do I get an agent? What are the best agents? So when and why should a talent get a manager as opposed to or in addition to an agent? So um, I I love the name of your podcast. I'll just start there. That whole idea of being middle class voiceover Um, you know, I've done this long enough that, you know, it used to be everything came through your agent, you know, so your brand was less important. 
Um, you know, you would get on your roster, have that relationship. They would call you, bring you in. Um, and things are so different now. Um, so that idea of being a middle-class voiceover um, was first introduced to me um, maybe in 2013 or 14 when I was lucky enough to get invited to FAFCON. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys ever go to FAFCON? No. No, I'm no. aware, though. Um, and I met all of these people. So at that point, I had already been a, a talent agent slash manager for, you know, long, long time. And I thought I knew, quote, everybody. And I met this whole new thriving population of talent who, and that that word middle class voiceover did come up that weekend. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are thriving and empowered and making this stuff happen on your own. And um, so that is a long lead into, you know, when to get an agent, when to get a manager. Um, the way you guys put together your portfolios of income now is so varied, you know, and I know you talk about this on, on the show um, with different people, um, you know, so you have your solo stuff you're doing, your pay to plays and your personal marketing and all of that money you're bringing in kind of, you know, quote, on your own, that bootstrap, I'm going to make it happen. And then you've got your talent agent, and you guys all know who, how that works. And I would say when to get a manager is when you know you're in the right place, you know you're competitive, um, you have these other tracks started, um, and you just want some extra help. Um, and I'm going to speak for Celia Siegel Management. I can't speak. I know there's you know a handful of other voiceover talent managers. You're the perfect person to speak on that, by the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> thank you for thank you for asking. Um, so at my company, you know, we're just all about moving the needle forward. So um, some people come to us um, when they have gotten so busy that they need a hand with a ton of stuff and they want a team, you know, so think of successful businesses out there, you know, CEOs have teams, you know? Um, so I, as a manager, love to speak with people about, okay, what do you have going on? Like, be real. What do you need help with? So it's a custom relationship. Um, of course, everybody wants more money. Everybody wants help with marketing or not, not everybody, everybody, but most everybody, you know, um, but what else do you need help with? So a manager can really help you, you know, as a business strategist, as a coach, keeping you in the zone, keeping you confident, you know, just quickly cutting away like anything that's dragging you down. Um, and we just like to help our talent get in their zone of genius where they're actually making the money. Um, and that's different for everybody. So I have a whiteboard in my office and I know what everybody wants, you know, and I've got a really amazing team that I work with. And we talk about you guys all the time <laughs> you know, and, 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 and your goals and what you need. Um, um, the goal everybody has is like, I want to be making this much money, you know, and I like to break it down. How much is that a week? Great. You can do that, you know, um, 
like as an entrepreneur with many income streams, like you can make that happen, but you just have to pay attention to it and probably delegate some stuff. So ready for a manager when you know you need help. Um, and then you have to be like the right kind of person, you know, to get a yes from a manager. Um, and I think that's a, a custom situation as well. And that's that's another a follow-up question. Do you what level of talent will you work with? You said you know somebody that's kind of in the trenches, somebody that's got some footing already. But do you ever have to turn down talent? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for me and the way I have my business model put together, um, it's not about um, like I don't have somebody say, hey, will you manage me? And I start salivating over, you know, their, you know, $500,000 that they're already bringing to the table, you know, for me. And what keeps this interesting for me is people who are dead set on having satisfying businesses that fit with their values, that want to earn more money, um, align themselves with the kind of projects that they dream of, um, and want to keep getting better and want to collaborate, you know, so it doesn't do any good to have a manager if you don't do the things they suggest that you do. Um, so when I speak with somebody, like I know right away, if it's a good fit, I know if I can enhance somebody's business, um, by working with them in this close way, um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, we don't work with Ed, just anybody. Um, I will talk to just anybody. I do a free 15-minute consultation. And I am, you know, say what I see and I'm honest about things. And, you know, some people just aren't ready. It wouldn't be worth it for them yet, you know. I mean, you have to be very well-trained, very competitive, top of your game, hardworking, um, you have to have time in your life, you know, to actually do this well. Um, or sometimes, um, like if somebody comes to me and they're just like, you know, we call them the show me the money talent. I need that <laughs> cash, yo. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Are you going to help me, Celia? <laughs> and um, I love to be like, okay, let's double our money. And like, we're going to do this. We're going to strategize this. Mm -hmm. That is exciting. But I have had people come to me just saying, I want to double my income. You know, here's what we're looking at. And they don't want to do anything fresh or they don't want to put anything into it. You know, time, money, effort, thought. And that, you know, just that's just boring to me and it won't be successful. So I won't do that. Um, so it's about innovation and um uh, there's so much you guys can do um, to grow your businesses. So that's that's the fun zone. You know, a couple things um, that made you stand out among managers out there was your roster is smaller. And I also love that your team is young and creative and eager, and they've got their finger on the pulse of what's hot right now. Um, you know, especially social media, um, because Celia's team actually has different uh, workshops throughout the month and and um, Zoom sessions, and it's 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 not just a okay, we're gonna find you work. It's it's kind of building that business, and it's so current, and that's what's really cool. 
Oh, thanks, Bobby. Yeah, we figure that's another key trait of all of our clients is they're lifelong learners um, and they get that this is a ever evolving business. And so I'm so impressed with how hard you guys all work to keep getting better, to pay attention to trends, you know, to, to figure out how to do your social media, even if you're afraid of it, because <laughs> it's important for your brand. Um, so, yeah, and I do love, um, it's interesting. I was a very good talent agent by the time I was 23 years old. I had been doing it for two years. I bled for my clients. I really was right there with them. And I remember turning 25 and I was like, oh, thank God, everybody's going to know to take me seriously now. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'm old. Um, So I love, much as I was mentored as a young person, uh, mentoring really bright uh, talented young people. Um, I have always done that my entire career um, and, and nurturing them into being powerhouses in their own right. Um, so yeah, I, I really scored. I have a, a really, really hardworking, really talented team um, that it's been, it's been fun to grow with them. Let's get worthy. Celia, you can hear your passion for the voiceover industry, uh, the love for what you do for a living. Is there anything that you would change about the voiceover industry as it stands right now? You know, I am pretty high on the voiceover industry right now. Good. Um, You know, there have been things like in the last 30 years where it's like, oh, God, that's a bummer. Like, ooh, ouch, that just happened. But you know, you just have to take what life throws at you, you know, personally, professionally, as an industry, and just keep pivoting. So it's those things that are annoying about our industry, like when the union first went south um, in the strike of 2000, um, that was a huge bummer. And we saw this work going to Canada and all this work going on, union, FICOR being strengthened. And there was this panic. Like, what is going to happen to my talent whose livelihoods are coming from residuals? And, you know, but we regrouped on that and regrouped and regrouped again. And now, you know, back to the name of your podcast, the Middle Class VO podcast, um, we're in this place where we can create our own destiny and we have to be really careful. I mean, I would change scammers, bottom feeders. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, I, I hate when actors get ripped off and give money to people to help them make money who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I think most of that, I'm going to just choose to think it's not malicious. You know, it's just um, lack of knowledge. You know, some people teaching some things. Um, but that's a bummer. I hate to see that when people like spend all this money going down the wrong road, mm-hmm. you know, so I would say to your listeners, you know, vet the people you choose to pay. There's a lot of really fantastic, amazing people in our industry who are there to help you grow your business. And then there's, you know, people whose information really isn't very fresh, that it's going to maybe even hurt your business. Um, so, yeah, I don't like that. Um, I mean, the pay-to-plays are rough, um, but 
the way I coach the people I work with is like, okay, they're there to stay. And I know people making, you know, nice hefty six figures on them. How did they do that? Let's do that. You know, so that makes you not beholden to one gatekeeper or one relationship. Like that really does make the world your oyster. And, um, you can market to anybody in the world. We've got access. So it really is this sort of golden age of access. And the flip side of that is it's so competitive. But I'm like, so brand, make yourself look more awesome. Do demos with the most talented demo maker. Study with the greatest people. You know, if, if, if there's anything that's holding you back in your career, if, you're, if your recording studio could be 1% better, well, by golly, Make it 1% better, yeah. Yeah. you know? So all of the bad stuff, there's the flip side of it, of you can be in the top 10% by just laddering over these issues and, you know, just tweaking just a teeny little bit. And, and then all of a sudden you're on the short list. So where do you see the, the voiceover industry in five or 10 years. I mean, just look at the past couple of years with um, diversity finally, you know, getting a, a fair shake. Yeah. And um, with so many people just going in their closet with a microphone um, as opposed to, you know, four or five years ago, wh- what do you s- look into your crystal ball? <laughs> Tell us if you see the changes. My, my VO tarot card. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I was talking to my friend from LA yesterday about voiceover and, um, you know, all of these changes. Like, it's been incredible. Like, I feel like it was 10 years of changes, if not 20, um, in the past two and a half years, two and a half yeah. years. Like, it's been amazing. And look at all the gifts and amazingness. And, you know, all the, the film stars and, the you know, the theatrical actors and the, you know, Broadway people you know, coming to our business. Um, So I see in five years, things are going to be, you know, they're, they're normalizing. Um, I think there's more voice work than ever. Um, I think we're going to have more control over how to get our work. Um, I think that um, the table has gotten a lot bigger. There's really room for everyone at the table, like all different kinds of diversity. And, you know, so I think those who stay on top of the trends and keep getting better at their craft are going to have really beautiful voiceover careers over the next five years. I feel like we're in a really sweet spot to work hard, you know, make that money we want to make, invest it well, because it's not going to last forever. 10 years out, I I do worry about um, AI, you know, for all kinds of reasons. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working hard to try to stay on the sunny side of AI. And, mm-hmm. you know, how do you get AI to work for you? How do you, you know, have your vocal dub work in tandem with you and you get part of the money, you know? So again, there's goodness potential there, you know, but I do think it's going to take big swaths of, you know, the middle-class VO work, you know, the, you know, reading the paper and reading manuals and doing tags. Um, that work is going to get pulled off the table, I think. 
Um, uh, but there will still be a lot of it that needs a human heart behind it. So, um, yeah, technology, technology, technology. Uh, And then the other thing that is, you know, we see it happening is the, you know, usage online is what television used to be as far as attention goes, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm real curious to see how all of that shakes out as far as payment, um, how you guys get paid. Um, I'm hoping that we as a community can keep the dialogue open about rates and what a professional rate looks like, um, and and hold and toe the line there, um, and uh, yeah. So those those are my fears. AI, you know, plummeting rates. Um, everybody talking to each other, and um, you know, providing really great value. So when you sell your voice to a company for a fair rate, they are happy. But I like let's let's leave it on the positive side though, where you talked about there's room for enough room for everybody at the table, and uh, the VO world is in a really good place right now. Celia, thanks so much for your time, and uh, how can folks reach out to you if they have questions regarding management representation? Yeah, absolutely, or branding. I start with the brand, so that sure. would be the original conversation, and I have a website, um, celiasegel.com. Um, our management site is voshateau.com if you want to check out what we've got going on over there. But yeah, you can just shoot me an email. There's a contact form on there. Um, we do something called the Brand Mingle every Friday morning at 10 Central, where we just get together for one quick cup of coffee, 30 minutes, and you can just bring your questions. Um, we love to see new faces, and that's a great way to just you know catch us live and in person. Excellent. So, yes, thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great podcast here. It was fun to, to listen to a bunch of them. And, and um, I'm, I'm really honored that you invited me. Well, great to have you. Thanks, Celia. Celia, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you again soon. The last couple of times I've seen you, it's been uh, under social conditions and we were having a great time. <laughs> right? Yes, bring it back. <laughs> Let's bring it back. That's right. Celia Siegel from Celia Siegel Management. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Oh, well, the middle class VO podcast. Middle class.